This is the Mississippi Company Great Officer Podcast with your host, Captain Ian Scrubellis. Good morning, everybody. I uh, hope everybody's been, been doing well. Uh, I know this is it's been a while since our last podcast, but we are back um, for the week seven uh, topic of discussion, topic of discussion, which was uh, tips on improving your OER, NCOER writing and uh, counseling techniques. So for today's podcast, I am joined again with Captain Tim Bailey, and then first time on the show, we have First Lieutenant Brandon Armstrong with us. So um, again, Tim Bailey and uh, Lieutenant Armstrong, both outstanding officers, and uh, so this uh, this should be a good podcast today, and uh, glad y'all are here. So, uh, but before we get started, uh, you know, Tim, just kind of give us another little brief back uh, background on you, and then uh, Armstrong. Uh, just follow Captain Bailey. Yeah, of course. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Captain Tim Bailey, um, currently the battalion S4 for the 2nd 114 Field Artillery, uh, 18 years in the military, and currently nine on the officer side. So uh, it, it's been a pleasure uh, thus far. Um, graduated from Mississippi State University uh, back in 2010 uh, with my master's degree. Uh, played football before then from 2006 to 2008 under Coach Sylvester Crum in Mississippi State. Um, so, so, so again, uh, you know, I, I've a good friend of Ian's, and this is uh, is always a pleasure doing these podcasts because at the end of the day, we're we're always trying to better ourselves and, and better the ones around us, and so so we can uh, just holistically become a, a better organization. All right. How you doing, guys? Uh, Lieutenant Armstrong here. So a little bit of a background. I commissioned in 2015 from Mississippi State ROTC program as a field artillery officer. Went to Bullock and after completing Bullock was uh, signed as a PL and FDO on the gun battery side and then made my transition over to the fire support officer side. Deployed as a fire support officer in our last deployment here and now serving as the NTC coordinator here on orders. It's my second week starting. Excited to be a part of this podcast. All right. Well, I know for one, I'm glad to have you all on. So um, with that, let's uh, let's go ahead and dive on into it. All right. So the way this, is, uh, this, this episode is going to go, um, we're going to first uh, talk about uh, counseling, uh, the many different types of counseling um, that you need to conduct uh, as, as a leader, uh, and then, and then we'll dive into um, your OER and NCOER writing uh, because uh, the counseling process ties into uh, how your evaluations uh, are going to go. So, with that, so obviously the first thing that you want to do, and you know, everybody's different, but at the beginning of each physical year, which is one October, uh, you need to sit down with your guys and do a initial counseling for that physical year. Uh, this is something that uh, really in the National Guard, I think elite leaders at all levels uh, struggle with. Uh, I know when I was uh, when I was a lieutenant, uh, I I didn't receive an initial counseling. It was like a quick talking to, but I never actually received um, that forty eight fifty six, which is the uh, the counseling form um, from my commander. It it wasn't until I became a battery commander that I received my first initial counseling from 
the battalion commander at that time, Lieutenant Colonel Rodney Bowman. And I mean, it was, it was a long drawn out counseling. Uh, and the way he did it was, you know, he had, he had all his comments on there, his expectations, uh, what he expected of me as a battery commander. Um, but he had that on the 4856, but he didn't read off of it. You know, he sat down, talked to me, uh, and, and made it more into a discussion uh, and instead of something that just, hey, we're just doing this because we have to to check the box. And so, which that, you know, that helped me out uh, when it came time for me to initial counsel um, my, my lieutenants in my battery. So I don't know about you, you, Tim. Yeah, I agree. Uh, definitely, um, as a commander, I received a thorough uh, initial counseling. And, you know, as, as a commander to my subordinates, you know, I, I uh, gave them an initial counseling as well. But one thing that I failed to do is, is follow up on, you know, quarterly counseling statements. And if there's any lieutenants on this podcast right now listening, if you don't receive a initial counseling from your commander, request it. You know, figure out like, hey, sir, ma'am, uh, when am I going to get my initial counseling? Because that's going to be your guide to success in your organization as you move throughout um, that year. So just make sure that, you know, it's a give and take, uh, you know, as subordinates. Make sure that you all are being proactive as well, uh, even if your commander is wrong. You know, you still have an obligation to be proactive and request that initial counseling. And and what one thing that that's going to let your commander know, like, hey, okay, this guy or gal cares about his or her career. So just make sure that, you know, one way or the other, that you all are receiving that initial counseling. And, and again, you know, you don't want to just read verbatim off of a uh, 4856 of what your expectations and goals are. You know, you really want to have a dialogue and get to know that person and, you know, figure out, you know, what the strengths and weaknesses are, you know, so that service member can focus on those throughout the year. But you definitely need a guide to go off of, you know, as far as your initial counseling. Yeah, and, you know, we, we 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 discussed it. And, you know, you you don't you don't want to just read off of it. And also another thing is you don't want to just Google you know initial counseling and then copy that and use that. You don't just use a generic form. You know because all you're doing then is you're just checking the box because it's something that you have to do. No, you need to make this personal. And you you need to take the time as a leader and really think about what do you want? What are your expectations for those that are under you? Um, and you know, you also want to help them grow. Um, and then, and by not using a generic form and, you know, sitting down, taking the time, you're showing them that you care about them. You care about their career, their professional growth, uh, which in turn, you know, they'll pass it down to the guys under them. And then what does that do? That, you know, completes your organization, makes your organization that much stronger. So it's the little things that will help your organization grow. Yeah, and just and just like Ian said, when he was a lieutenant, he didn't receive an initial counseling. So, but if Ian wasn't proactive, you know, he could have planted a bad seed in the subordinates up on him as he became a commander. And so, so you all see how this is going. If 
as a commander, you know, you are a product of the people that's under you. And and if you don't show them what right looks like, guess what? You know, nine times out of ten, they're going to follow that trend when they become commanders, so on and so forth. And, and then we just creating a, a unhealthy organization. And, and, and again, and I'm not saying that the leaders that were over me when I was, you know, junior, uh, junior officer, lieutenant, you know, were bad. No, I mean, it's just, you know, I guess they, they never received it and they just, they're just going off of what they know. Uh, because I'm telling you right now, I mean, I, I had probably one of the best battery commanders that you could ask for, uh, as a lieutenant. Uh, and then I've, I have had just, outstanding officers that, you know, I've been very fortunate in my career that I've had outstanding officers above me. Now, I mean, I have had some that were kind of questionable at times, but for the most part, I really have been very fortunate. Uh, and then also with my peer group as well. So, um, you know, we talked about it from, from our point of view, but I want to hear from your point of view, Brandon. So uh, coming in as a brand new second lieutenant, I was assigned to uh, headquarters battery under Captain Martin Mitchell. When my first drill as a second lieutenant, he brought me in. I didn't even, I, I obviously walked up and introduced myself. And immediately he sat down and did my very first initial counseling. And y'all know how Captain Mitchell was and the quality of officer that he was. It was an outstanding initial counseling. He had everything laid out. It was tailored not just to the initial counseling, but how his leadership style was and what he expected of me as a second lieutenant fire support officer under his battery. As I was signing that initial counseling, I was immediately moved alpha battery at like that exact moment and uh, walked up, went over into alpha battery. And that was before you, Captain Scribellis, actually took command of alpha battery. And uh, when I walked over to the next building, walked in and I asked the commander, like, all right, uh, apparently I'm one of your FDOs. I uh, have not been to Bullock yet. I've got that date lined up. Uh, what about initial counseling? And that one kind of like, well, uh, I'm not going to be here very much longer, so this is kind of what you need to do, and this is how it's going to be. I was like, Roger, sir. Uh, and not long after that, you took over, Captain Scribellis, and you came in, and I didn't even have to ask for initial counseling on that because, as you've talked about, that you not receiving one kind of shaped yours for giving one to your lieutenants, and I can remember not long after you taking over, we sat down and had initial counseling. I'll uh, speak on our quarterly counselings we've had. I've, before we even started this podcast, we were talking back and forth. Like, I haven't received any quarterly counselings, and it's not on fault of either me not reminding the commander over me or the battalion fire support officer over me. It's the fact that when that time frame is hit, I've been moved or here recently being under Bravo battery before I moved out of that, uh, my quarterly counseling time came up. Captain Carmichael was gone because when I moved into the Bravo battery after coming out of the fire support office, he did the exact same thing. He sat down with me, had a good initial counseling. It was tailored to his leader st uh, leadership style. He kind of understood me because we had worked on the fire support officer side. He kind of tailored that to me and my or his expectations of me. And when that quarterly counseling time came up, uh, the unit had been deployed to Iraq and I was still in Kuwait turning in equipment for the APS-5 trial that we had. So I haven't received a quarterly counseling, but again, it's not on the fault of the commander or myself for not pushing. It's just I've been moved or for that instance, it was the commander was gone. Yeah, and, and I've mentioned uh, in, in podcasts before 
about how that was one thing that I failed to do as a commander was quarterly counseling. Um, and I mean, I, I, so I did quarterly counseling, but it, I never put it on a 4856 and, and, and made it legit. Um, so that was definitely one of the things that I failed to do. And, you know, the, the commanders that we have now, man, like I, I, I push, I push, push, push quarterly counseling. And when we've got some, some really good commanders, um, in our unit now that, you know, are doing the things that they need to do. So I'm going to go to, um, before we really kind of dive on into the quarterly counseling, I want to, I want to kind of touch up some stuff, uh, in ATP 6-22.1. Uh, so I'm going to go to the manual. Uh, so there's three types, uh, three major categories of developmental counseling. Uh, and those are event counseling, uh, performance counseling, and professional growth counseling. So we kind of started talking about um, quarterly counseling, which falls under the, the performance counseling. So uh, let's look, we'll kind of take a step back and then we'll, we'll hit um, event counseling. So event counseling, going back to, to the manual, uh, it's event-oriented counseling, involves a specific event or situation. Uh, it may precede events such as participating in promotion boards, attending training courses, and preparing for deployment or redeployment. So, like, some things that, that we've gone through, uh, and anybody that uh, has been in the brigade over the last few years, I mean, we've gone through a lot of training exercises, whether it be um, XETC, MIBIT, NTC, and then the most recent, this last deployment. Um, I can tell you right now, uh, when I was a commander, I did not do a single event counseling i mean because i mean I, you can say well you j i just didn't know but i mean i didn't ask i didn't go and look um i just saw it as oh we're going to this training exercise now i mean i broke it down to my leadership you know i brought in all my leadership and i gave them my expectations but again i did not put it on a form and that's where i failed as a commander um so and again you know just Going back, you know, you can you can make I can make excuses all day long, but I just I feel that's where I felt as as a leader. And we can easily, you know, get into our bubble as a commander. It's so many things that that has to happen, you know, during training events. So a counseling is not one of the things that's uh, at the top of your priority list. Uh, but again, as a commander, you know, we have to have good time management skills and we have to make sure that we're taking care of these soldiers and setting them up for success. And so they can understand the expectations and, you know, not just bringing them in a room and, and having a, Hey, you conversation, here's what I expect. No, put it on paper so they can really understand and take it just a little bit more seriously. Yeah. So speaking on the event counseling, talking about while you were commander Captain Scribellis, uh, our big event under your command, because I was a PL for you when we went to Mibbit, and you you said exactly the same thing. We didn't put it on paper, but I do remember the drill before we left. We were getting everything ready, and before we had all of our equipment packed up and ready to go, you brought all the officers in under you, and it was it was informal, but you laid out your ex expectations. And other than that, I don't think I've really had one. I mean, I know before we left for uh, Fort Bliss, before our mobilization, like the officers were sitting around for HHB, but 
again, nothing was nothing's ever been put on paper for a big event for me. Yeah, and and so another thing. Um, so when you take when you take a command of a unit, uh, I don't care if it's you know a battery company troop level, or you're a battalion command brigade command, you're gonna have you know your other commanders around you, and. If you if if y'all do not coordinate with each other and share your lessons learned, your best practices, if you if you sit there and you be and you be selfish and you're you're gonna be selfish and you're gonna hold everything in because you wanna look good, that is the wrong answer. I'm telling you right now, I've been around commanders that are like that and they they lose respect uh, not only from their peer group, but all the people under them. And I'm, that, that's that's a no-go. You want to be that leader that shares ideas so your buddy next to you or those under you or above you don't make the same mistakes that you do, you know, because at the end of the day, I mean, we're, we're here to make this organization uh, better. Um, so I know when, when Cat Bailey and I were commanders together constantly, I mean, I, shit, I think we talked to each other every day and just sharing lessons learned, things that we were going through at the same time, because uh, I know – he he went through a lot um, as a commander. We both did, and you know if he he went through something. I know he went through something that I was currently going through. I mean, he was my go to go to man, and I mean every single time I could count on, on him, and uh, definitely helped me out uh, through my through my command time. Yeah, I agree, Ian. Uh, you you definitely have to have someone that that you know just has a shared understanding uh, of, of what you're going through. So uh, being transparent, communication, good communication skills, um, portraying your issues uh, to your, uh, you know, your peers, and, and just trying to figure it out. You know, again, this is, you know, this army. Uh, what you know, what we're in, you know, it's a team effort. So um, just make sure that you're sharing your your issues and, and trying to, you know, just resolve them. Uh, collectively, and, and and again, is is this is what's going to make you a better organization? Yep. So I'm going to go back uh, to the manual. So under Chapter Two, leader as a counselor, you know, to to be effective, counseling must be a shared effort. Again, shared effort. Leaders assist their subordinates in identifying strengths and weaknesses and creating plans of action. Once an individual development plan is agreed upon, leaders support their soldiers and Army civilians throughout implementation and continued assessment. To achieve success, subordinates must be forth, uh, forthright in their commitment to improve and candid in their own assessments and goal setting. So with that, we're going to talk about uh, performance counseling, uh, so the, the quarterly counseling that, that we uh, briefly mentioned. That is huge. It is huge. So. For those that don't know, the way it's broken down, so October to December is first quarter, and then you got January through March is your second second quarter, and then third quarter is uh, April through June, and then obviously the last is you know fourth quarter, uh, July to September. So I recommend, I mean, the first day of the month of that that brand new quarter that's when you need to bring your guys in uh which i know being in the national guard is hard because you know drill might not fall on that so uh that 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 first drill of that new quarter that's when you bring your guys in um and you do your quarterly counseling so when you're writing your your battery company troop level op order you need to put in there under your key task and it needs to be high up there on your key tasks 
conduct quarterly counseling? I agree because, uh, again, we're talking about um, just the performance of these soldiers, and, and you have to be honest with your subordinates because, uh, again, this is what's going to – and I know we're going to get to it later on, but this is what's going to start helping them fill out their support forms. So, again, every quarter – be honest with your guys, and, and the subordinates have to have thick skin if they hear something that they don't want to hear. But you have to be honest with these guys and gals to ensure complete transparency and, and make sure that, you know, everybody's on the same page. You know, that subordinate is not thinking he's the best thing since sliced bread and in the back – and you as the commander, um, you know that he is – four out of four uh, of your lieutenants. So, again, as long as you're being honest with, with your subordinates, you know, it's going to help them, you know, try to improve and get better. And, and again, it's just going to make the organization better. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, and there's many different styles that leaders can use. Uh, I know for me personally, I would like to bring all of my lieutenants in and – I would let them know, you know, where they stand, every single one of them. Uh, and then, you know, we would talk about it for a little bit, and I would tell them why. Uh, it was never, you know, it was never, um, I guess, demeaning, I guess, the word to, to use. But I was, I was very honest with them. Uh, and I would refer back to uh, the initial counseling that I gave them. Uh, and, you know, obviously, depending on what, what quarter it was, you know, I would I would show their their improvement and if and if maybe I missed something missed something you know I'd let them let them speak let them plead their case but uh, for the most part my guys knew at all times where they stood and and again like like Captain Bailey said you got to have thick skin um, and and as a leader conducting counseling you have you have to be honest you're not you're not there to make friends you're there to to be a leader. And you're you're trying to help these guys fix their mistakes so they can grow as leaders and not keep making those mistakes. So if you just sit around and you dance around a problem because you're too you're too afraid to put you know a rank on the soldier, you're worried about hurting their feelings. Like you you are failing as a leader, and you are failing you are failing um, those people that are under you. So again, you know my leadership style is different. I, I would bring them in, let them know where they rank. And then I would send them out, and I would, and I I would start with with the lowest guy, and we would go over to counseling. So again, I'd have my form filled out, and I would give them a copy, and I would have a copy, but I would not I would not read verbatim off of it, um, you know. And well, I, I, I say that. So that was my initial counseling. I never I never did at forty eight fifty six for quarterly counseling, but I would have a I would have a discussion with them personal one-on-one after I brought them all in. Um, so so just a little input on that. So one situation, and it was immediately after I'd been brought back from Syria as a fire support officer, I uh, was moved to, to Bravo Battery, which uh, Captain Carmichael, I think, he had, he had just taken it. We got he, uh, he got back from a location, and I think you all had just done your change of command there, Captain Bailey. And within two to three weeks, I got back and was assigned to Bravo Battery. I got my initial counseling, and just before they left uh, Bravo Battery going to Iraq, uh, 
it was it was a really informal kind of counseling. It was more of a discussion that Captain Carmichael did with all four of the lieutenants under him, and he did he did exactly that. He kind of ranked us like, hey, this is who's sitting, and uh, you're sitting number one, you're sitting number two, you're sitting number three, and hey, you're sitting number four. And then after that, they kind of like dismissed us out of the office, and then later throughout the day and throughout that week, he would bring us in like, hey, this is what you really need to work on to get to that next one. Or, hey, this is why you're ranked number four. And the uh, top two, uh, myself and Lieutenant Sellers, we'd come over from 1st to 155 uh, fire support side together, and we were ranked, we were one and two over there as well. So when we hit Bravo battery and we hit the ground running, we kind of knew where we wanted to stand. So we kind of feed off of each other. If he's going through something over there in 1st platoon and I'm going through it in 2nd platoon, we did that as well. Like, hey, how are we dealing with this situation? So. We understood kind of where we stood in our ranking, and we fed off of each other. And he would—he brought us in together and said, hey, y'all two are doing a good job. Keep doing it. Uh, maybe look at this for the next quarter or the next assignment you get. Look at it, handling it this way. So it was more of a uh, – with us, it was like a career progression, s- stuff to think of outside of being stuck in the mindset of just lieutenant, like being that prepping for captain. Because we we were, still are the two – senior lieutenants in Bravo Battery, we're looking for the next rotation of captain slots that come open. We'll be the ones moving out. And Captain Carmichael kind of took us under his wing and was prepping us for the captain slot. So uh, that, was, that was a really good experience under that. Yeah, and, and so this is a time, like, this is – I mean, it's it's very informal. So I would, I would, I would suggest that, yes, even though, like, if you're the one conducting the counseling, you are the leader – but you need to throw rank aside and y'all just need to have a conversation as grown men or, you know, grown women. Um, uh, Cause that's to me, that's the only way to get better. Uh, and then if you're the one conducting the counseling uh, you need to actively be listening. And then also um, while you're listening, you also need to be paying attention to that soldier's nonverbal cues. Like how are they sitting are they, are they, is there that kind of nervous quiver in their voice, you know? And, and if there is, you know, just tell them, you know, calm down, you know, relax. Um, you know, I, I, I would kind of throw in that, hey, look, this is not Captain Scrabellus. You know, this is, this is Ian, you know, uh, just, just relax. And again, I would let them, let them talk. Um, and then uh, once they were done, like we would have a, we would have a open discussion, and it wasn't just me just just shoving stuff down their throats. Um, but that's again, everybody's got their own different leadership styles. That's that's just kind of way that 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 I handled it. So I don't know about about you, how you did it with yours. Yeah. So basically, you know, again, you know, with with the quarterly counseling, you know, it, it's it's a struggle. You know, I struggle with putting it on paper. But as far as it just evaluating the uh, my lieutenants as as time as time went along you know I told them their strengths and weaknesses and you know I wanted to figure out what their goals are uh you know what are some of the things that they want to achieve and and then we will have a dialogue okay so in order for you to achieve this you know you you know you need to get better at PT you know in order to and not just PT you know then you just really start trying to go into into their lifestyles you know how can you help your lieutenants uh, or subordinates 
achieve the goals that they want to achieve. And if you see them slacking, call them out on it. You know, you, you, you don't have to wait, you know, to that quarterly mark. You know, if you, if you see them kind of falling off the rails a little bit, like, hey, you know, just, just be honest with them and, you know, keep them honest on the goals that they want to have and achieve. And, and, and that's what's going to, you know, help you all, you know, just make sure that you stand on the path of success uh, because it is it's easy to see someone not doing the right thing and not call them out on it. Uh, again, you know, one thing is we one thing we have to do as officers is, you know, tell the hard truth. And and I wouldn't say not care about their feelings, but you know, at the end of the day, you you're doing what's best for your soldiers. Oh yeah, I completely agree. And, and both of y'all hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, you don't have to wait to that quarterly counseling. You can make corrections on the spot. Now, you know, depending on what the you know circumstance is, you know, you don't want to call them out in front of in front of troops. Um, yeah. You want to pull them off to the side and quickly correct them. Um, but again, never never do it uh, in front of troops. All right, so we talked about quarterly counseling, the performance counseling. So now let's talk about professional growth counseling. So I'm going back to uh, the ATP. Professional growth counseling includes planning for the accomplishment of individual and professional goals. During the counseling, leader and subordinates uh, conduct a review to identify and discuss the subordinate strengths and weaknesses and to create an individual development plan that builds upon those strengths and compensates for or eliminates shortcomings. So, you know, I, it talks about strengths and, and weaknesses uh, the thing that I would like to do is I want to know their weaknesses first. And I really, I'm not going to say I, I, I don't care about their strengths, but I want to know what their weaknesses are because I want to turn those weaknesses into their strengths. Again, professional growth. So, I mean, I mean you're always going to have something that you're weak at, but, I mean, if you, if you work at it, and work at it and work at it. You know, you're going to get better and, and, and eventually you're going to turn into a strength. Like this morning, you know, uh, me and me and Kat Baylor were at the gym and we were talking about how we weakness, uh, one of our weaknesses was, was running. I mean, we're big guys and uh, <laughs> we absolutely hated running. And I'm not going to say that I, I really enjoy running now, but I have turned that weakness into a strength. I mean, before I was – Man, I needed I needed every bit of my time uh, on that two mile, um, and now I'm just I'm kind of looking at it where, hey, I'm going to be under 50. if I'm over 15 minutes, I'm I'm pissed off at myself. So again, I I turned uh, that's one of my weaknesses that I turned into a strength. Well, I'm not about to say I turned that weakness into a strength. It's an everyday struggle. But hey, I'm up for the challenge, so I, I stay consistent with my running, and I mean I don't have any issues passing the PT test. But but no, I'm not a Ian Scrubellis and turned that weakness 180 into a into a strength. But where that where that <laughs> professional growth came came to me, it wasn't just you know I mean yeah I mean I, I was the one that that did it, but that professional growth counseling came from you know uh, Ken Armstrong mentioned his name, uh, Captain Martin Mitchell. 
Uh, he was one of my TAC officers at OCS, uh, became a commander Alpha Battery uh, while I was a lieutenant in, in, in Bravo Battery. And we, you know, he's out of the guard now, but we, I mean, we're still great friends to this day. And I'm telling you, like, that man right there definitely helped me um, professionally um, develop and, uh, and grow as, as, as a leader. So just to kind of, I guess, speak on that from my perspective, I don't think I was ever asked what one of my weaknesses was, but in the initial counseling phase or through that, but I was given a lot of advice on how not to be. And one thing that I still struggle to this day is I'll, I'll get tunnel vision and I'll, I'll start looking at one task a certain way. And that really came to play on the last on the rotation we just got off of uh, the battery was going to Iraq and I was focused on APS five because that was being hounded from battalion and rightfully so. And first sergeant had to, first sergeant Jordan had to pull me aside like, hey, hey sir, I, I know we got this task, but we got other guys to worry about too. And I was thankful for that. He he kind of stepped in, and it it wasn't outside of his lane at all. Like he mm -hmm. he was the first sergeant and been running that battery, and I was technically acting as command of what we called rear debt for what was still in Kuwait. And he, he had to not necessarily straighten me out, but get me out of my tunnel vision. And that guy helped me out a whole, whole lot. Yeah, and, and, and so <clears throat> your NCOs, are, they're obviously not going to, you know, do a counseling on an officer yeah. for 4856, but they can still conduct performance counseling. I mean, oh, exactly. you as a brand new second lieutenant straight out the gate, I mean, and for the majority – of, of people, I mean, you are 22, 23 years old. You don't know anything. You don't know anything. So, you know, and I've mentioned it in several podcasts before, you need to come in as a sponge and just soak up every bit of knowledge you can from your NCOs. Because, uh, I mean, in all honesty, uh, they're going to be the ones that, that make, make or break you. I mean, I, I, you know, like I said, I've had a lot of great officers uh, over me. But the one, the, the true leaders that really stand out are the NCOs that I've had, you know, the pleasure of serving with. Um, those are the ones that have really and truly shaped the person I am today. Uh, so, and I think everybody in this room would, would, would agree with that. Oh, yeah, of course. You, you definitely have to have good NCOs on your side. Uh, again, it's a team. It's a team effort. And, yeah, you're the commander. You're the one that's going to get the praises, and then you're going to be the one that gets blamed for everything. But with that being said, <clears throat> you have to have a good support structure. Um, you know, you, you have to have peers. You have to talk to your peers. You have to talk to your NCOs and make sure that what you're doing is the right thing to do and it makes sense. So, now, don't get me wrong. You know, some of your NCOs – they they they're not gonna agree with everything you say, but and that's where your judgment comes in as well. But at the same time, you have to have that dialogue and, and make sure that um, you you're on the right path and you're doing the things that you need to do to make sure that your organization, you know, stays on that path of success. Because it's it's easy to think you're the hot shot. Don't listen to your NCOs, and I'm gonna tell you what the NCOs is gonna do. They're going to take a step back and watch you fail, bottom line. Now, they're not going to let the soldiers fail. Now, when it comes to soldiers, you know, they they are not going to let the soldiers fail. But 
you as a commander, if you're not listening, if you think you know it all, yeah, they, they're going to sit back and and let you learn that lesson the hard way. Yeah, so uh, y'all got anything else on, on council before we yeah. move on? So, again, we, we've, we've hit on, you know, a few different, you know, ideas and methods, uh, <clears throat> stuff that's worked for us and stuff that we failed to do. Uh, but if you want to, if you want to kind of dive more into counseling, uh, go to go to armypubs.mil uh, and then look up Army Techniques Publication 6-22.1. Uh, uh, there's so many, you know, good little tidbits in there, free chicken uh, in there that can definitely help you out as a leader. Uh, and then, you know, uh, figure 2-22 uh, has, a, has a great example of, of a counseling session. So uh, definitely go in there, uh, look that, look it up, uh, because we, I, you know, we barely scratched the surface of, of, of counseling. So, uh, so now we're going to move on to uh, evaluation reports. So uh, OERs, um, how to do your OER, uh, and then your, uh, and then how to write some some NCOERs and OERs for your your subordinates. Uh, so again, we we mentioned that. The counseling, the initial counselings, the quarterly counselings uh, that you receive, um, those are going to tie into how you write your support form. Um, and for those that have never written uh, a support form that you know brand new uh, to the officer side, uh, you'll, so you'll go, you'll log on to the evaluations uh, entry system uh, EES, and you will go to um, create. Uh, uh, OER support form. Uh, and that form is a DA form uh, 67-10-1 alpha. So with that, uh, it lists, um, you know, your uh, significant duties and responsibilities, your principal duty title, and, and generally this is going to come from your AGR staff, your S1 section. So if you got a good S1 section, they generally will fill this out, build the shell for you. Now I've been in some units where they didn't do that, uh, and I had to do that myself. So, I mean, that's it's too easy. I mean, again, we live in yeah. an age where everything's available at our fingertips, so you, you can literally Google, um, you know, your principal or significant duties and responsibilities and your principal duty title. Um, so that so, so that stuff is like I said is, is already going to be built for you, but then uh, you, you go down to your performance objectives and accomplishments, and and there. Um, so all the the performance objectives and the the bullets where you get your bullets from is from those counselings and you get them from two levels up. So your rater uh, and your uh, senior rater, which in my case is going to be uh, the battalion XO is going to be my rater, and um, the battalion commander, uh, commander yep. is going to be um, my senior rater. Well, and, and it's kind of weird because I kind of fall into that category where my my boss is really M Day S three, so he technically should be my raider, but it kind of goes to the the AOXO as my raider. Anyway, I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole here, but anyway, they'll they'll give you um, their their expectations of you, and you can use those as your bullets uh, to help you fill out your OER support form. So, uh, you know, the first bullet is going to be indicate your major performance objectives and then list your significant contributions and accomplishments. And and there, like I tell people all the time, um, like this is not a time to be humble. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be 
I, and I, I don't like saying cocky, mm-hmm. but confident. I mean, you, I mean, because at the end of the day, you know what you did throughout the year, everything that you did. I mean, the those over you, they're going to see some things, but they're not going to see everything. Yeah. And so you list everything. Uh, like for me, like on my on my last one, I listed everything that I did when we were mobbing up at Fort Bliss. How many op orders I wrote. Um, how many uh, training uh, exercises you know I plan and coordinated you know whether that be from our FA live fire tables, uh, all of our FA tables to IWQ crew serve on state gunnery whatever, I listed every single one of those events and then I and then I listed everything I did on the deployment the, and then the schools I went to, um, stuff like that, so. Bailey? Yeah, and, and you have to, guys, because uh, I think one thing that Ian just said, you know, your boss, you know, whoever's rating you or senior rating you, they don't see everything that you do 24-7. So you have to make sure that, you know, those things get annotated. You know, men's dad's four, you know, just dealing with all the equipment moves and all the different countries that equipment moved into, and then bringing equipment back, getting it, um, and three sets of equipment, APS-5, TPE, and organizational equipment. So you have to paint that picture of everything that you've done and the time that you've put in uh, so you can, again, not be humble and, you know, kind of show off a little bit because you deserve it. You know, this is not the time to be humble. You deserve to brag on yourself every once in a while, you know, again, uh, because if you don't put it on paper, it's almost like it never happened. So, and, and these are important because again, you, you you get a annual OER, and if you don't put it on paper, it's almost like it never happened. So, just make sure that throughout the year, you you're writing down everything that you do. You know, one thing that I do, I, I have a Microsoft document on my desktop, and. If I think it's something significant I've done, I'll just put another bullet point and I will wait until the end of the year, uh, you know, 30 days. I will continue to tweak my support form, um, but, you know, within that 30-day mark of my OER being uh, ready for submission, that's when I'll fine-tune and put all the things in order of what I've done. So, so again, don't wait till the last minute. To, to put all your bullet points, uh, to try to think of everything you've done. Because guess what? You know, you probably done something significant in month two of your annual OER. And I guarantee you, you're going to be scratching your head trying to remember what it was by the time you, you start doing your support form if you wait to the last minute. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, <clears throat> I'm, I'm big uh, on procrastination on, on a lot of things. You know, I have been in the past. But this is the one thing you do not want to procrastinate on. Uh, like, like, like Kat Bailey said, you, you want to, you know, we use a Word document. Now, that's just something that we've, we've always done. And then in that Word document, you can build it out how that OER support form kind of flows. You know, list out all the, all the bullets, you know, character, presence, uh, intellect, leads, all, every, single, every single one, and then fill that out throughout the year. Um, and then when it comes time for your OER to be, you know, or your support form to be submitted to the Raider, he's not waiting on you. And again, that's going to, if, if he, if he or she is waiting on you, that's not, that's bad news bears. Uh, that's, that's, that's going to be bad on your part. And that evaluation uh, might not be as good as, as you wanted it to be. 
And so don't be surprised when, you know, that Raider and that senior Raider come back with a level lower than what you yeah. expected. Cookie cutter bullet points. Yeah. Yeah, this, 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 again, is not a time to have just generic bullet points. Don't just go to Google and exactly. just – just copy and paste something. I mean, I mean, if I mean, if you don't really care about your career, okay, yeah, do that. But I mean, if you if you truly care about your career and your development, um, which you should, uh, this is the time for you to list everything down. So just let me give you a mindset of a naive second lieutenant I was when I first came in, understanding that I knew I was going to be evaluated and at one point would have an OER, and I was like, okay, well, my commander is. The commander, he's going to be watching everything I do. That's that's what he's there for. It's his evaluation of what I've done. Immediately, I realize that wow, he sometimes he's not even going to be able to talk to me because he's going to be so just loaded with work. So I immediately I had a little writing rain book, the one that's a little bit even fits in your shoulder pocket that you can flip over, and that's how I kept records of what I what I did. Uh, transition when I got to the fire and battery, I, I did the same thing y'all do. Y'all say you do. I, had up a little Word document that I kept points on um, to the amount of rounds that I had fired. Uh, and Captain Bailey mentioned on it, APS-5 turn in, TPE turn in, org equipment. I had that down to the nut and bolt of how many pieces of equipment I turned in and to add a little bit more quantitative showing that, hey, we were the first battery in 2nd 114th Battalion to turn in all of our equipment. Because, like you said, it... This is a time to not necessarily brag or be cocky on, uh, about yourself, but show everything that you did. Because that commander, he's got so much other things to do. Your Raiders got so much other things to do than sit there and watch over your shoulder every little thing you've done. Yep, and 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 kind of a little side note. You know, you've heard uh, Captain Bailey and Lieutenant Armstrong both mention APS five. That right there, for anybody that was a part of it, that could fill up an entire OER support form. Just that one thing. And just hearing them talk about everything else that they did, I'm telling you, like, it's just truly incredible. I mean, like I said, APS-5 was no Flashbacks. joke. Yeah. <laughs> when you mentioned TPE, remember we had the unit forward and we had to transfer APS-5 to TPE so we could get to them. That yeah. was a nightmare. Yes, yes. So, so, again, this is just the tip of the iceberg of what we're – uh, some of the things that we've gone through, uh, and, and again, you know, your your raider doesn't know all the uh, the cracks and crannies of the things that you've done, and so you, you just got to make sure that those things come to light when it comes to your support form. So it's going to help paint that picture when they're writing your uh, when when they're writing your comments. Yeah, and then so now we're going to move on to uh, bullet alpha, which is which is character, and so. So with this, while you're while you're filling out your support form, again, if this is your first time, um, they have instructions of how each each of these bullets need to break down. So I'm I'm going to go to those. So under character, they talk about the army values, uh, empathy, warrior ethos, service ethos, and discipline. Um, so it lists out you know kind of how this this um, this column should should go. And generally, what you what you find is uh, so you're your bullets uh, that you're going to be filling out your significant contributions for uh, are going to be adhered to the battalion commander, sharp EO, EEO, and, and command policy. That's generally like one that's on every single OER. It's been on every one that, I, that, I've, that I've had. 
uh, and then ensure positive communication flow downward. Uh, so that, those those are two bullets uh, on mine, and then I just again listed how I met um, th- those two bullets. Which again, I got those from uh, the battalion commander and the battalion XO at that time. Um, you know, and and the 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 sharp EO. I mean, that's that's going to be kind of your your standard when you know you created a positive environment. Uh, and, and, you know, centered around dignity and respect for soldiers, yada, yada, yada. Um, or you didn't create a positive yeah. environment, <laughs> so, which if you didn't create a positive environment for soldiers, you know, right off the bat, and this is not going to be a good OER for you. Nope. Um, but again, I'm, you know, telling my boss, Hey, this is, you know, this is what I did and this is how I did it. Um, and, and so like ensure positive communication flow downward. So how, how did I do that? So. Uh, I did that through writing op boards um, in a timely manner. Uh, you know, the whole we hear all the time, the one-thirds, two-thirds rule. So I made sure that um, the batteries under us had had op boards and their fragos uh, in time so they can they can conduct their planning. I had uh, multiple training calendars that, um, uh, that I produced, uh, suspense trackers to kind of keep us on point, um, and then uh, maintaining our battalion, SharePoint, SharedRive. So that's just some of the ways that I met those specific objectives. So inside of that one, just from like uh, the aspect of being a FDO, a platoon leader, anything like that, what I put in this bullet point here was upon receiving an order or a command from uh, my commander at that time, I would turn around and give a warning order to the NCO under me, just showing that, hey, Information was flowing. It was not only getting to my level, but getting to the level under me. I, I, I pointed that out. I've pointed that out in all of my OERs, and OER support forms that I've done. And it's quantifiable, and it's shown that it's happening because later on in the bullet point, I show that we were able to successfully complete our mission because everyone down to the, the lowest-ranking individual knew their job and what was coming up. Yeah. So... And then, so now moving on um, to uh, tab uh, Bravo, which is presence. And um, this is for people that know me, um, you know, I'm, I'm big in physical fitness. So this one tends to be one of my favorite ones. And uh, I have a hard time uh, filling this one out because you're, you're limited uh, to so many words. Mm-hmm. And I always go over. So that's another thing. You have to be very creative in your writing style in order to get that, you paint that picture for, for your Raider and uh, for your senior Raider. So uh, for this one, it's going to have your, your APFT goals, uh, what you set out to, to, to achieve. And, you know, if you achieved them, uh, so, you know, they'll list the, the actual number of push-ups and sit-ups you did and your run. Uh, and if you made, and if you met your height and weight standards, so that, that'll be listed uh, on your OER support form as well as your, your OER. And then, so my bullet for uh, for my last uh, rating period was maintain and set standards for soldiers to follow. Which I mean, that sounds like a easy bullet, um, yeah. but I mean, it's kind of kind of a, a generic one. And you know, in order to really get my picture across, and I had to kind of dig deep. But so my my response to that was um, 
I projected self-confidence and authority and enthusiasm. And I was always uh, aware of how my subordinates perceived me and sensed how to interact with them most effectively uh, to achieve the best results. And then I talked about how I exceeded in APFT. So I exceeded APFT standards by achieving 287 on my APFT. So I met my goals uh, for this rating period. I exceeded them. Uh, and then I also developed the battalion uh, remedial PT program while we were deployed. Uh, did the APFT with multiple soldiers multiple times uh, throughout the battalion in order to help them pass their APFT. Um, and then I also talked about what I did on my, my off-duty hours. So I talked about how, you know, it, it, uh, Camp Buring, uh, they had the 5Ks every Wednesday or they had some type of, of run. So I participated in, in every 5K event, uh, lifting competitions, um, Army 10-miler, um, so stuff like that. So what you do uh, while you're on duty and off duty plays plays a big role in that. You're not going to mention your death march? Yeah, and uh, yeah, I also did that baton death march. <laughs> <laughs> Part of me tries to forget. And then but, limped uh, around for a week yeah, after that? Yeah, limped uh, myself and Cat Bailey, um, limped around uh, for, for a week. And and, and uh, I'm going to throw their names out to Sergeant Wesley and Sergeant Everett. So, <laughs> well, I, I can't really say Sergeant Everett. Sergeant Everett was, just went beast mode, and he was fine afterwards. Uh, we were broke. Yeah. We were broke, so that again, that's just how that's how I kind of filled out uh, the the present uh, the presence uh, column, which tends to be my my favorite one. Uh, so the next one uh, we're going to move to Charlie, uh, which is intellect. So this is a mental agility, sound judgment, innovation, interpersonal tact, expertise, so on and so forth. So the bullet for for me was increase and display technical and tactical knowledge. Uh, so how did how did I do that? So um, the way I did it was uh, I worked with a lot of coalition forces uh, while I was deployed um, at brigade, battalion, and uh, battery levels, uh, and I and I assisted with their with their uh, fires warfighting function, um, helped them achieve digital fire missions, uh, digital troubleshooting techniques. Uh, coordinated four week a fatads course, and I mean I, I literally just broke it down uh, everything I did with them, uh, and you know talked about how our culminating event was uh, you know the battalion successfully fired uh, multiple one five five rounds, uh, and they went from being you know thousands of meters off to I mean they were pretty much you know, steel on steel. So that was, that was huge. So that's, that's how I addressed uh, that, that bullet. Yeah. And, and again, guys, you know, you know, he was the three alpha, you know, I was the logistics guy. So, you know, a lot of my intellect bullet points came from, uh, from a maintenance standpoint in G army. You know, I know we had a lot of maintenance issues, you know, with the pacing items. So, so one thing that helped us out is just really just being knowledgeable in G GCSS Army. And so we can identify these problems, push it down to the lowest level so we can get that OR rate up, you know, as much as possible. All right, so the next bullet point, well, we're going to move on to Delta, which is leads. So <clears throat> leads others, builds trust, extends influence uh, beyond the chain of command, leads by example. Um, so on and so forth. So uh, my major performance objective uh, for this last one was 
lead by example and better the force. Uh, so how did how did I do that? Um, I ensured mental and physical well-being of soldiers uh, despite the rigorous op tempo, um, which was very high. Uh, continuously motivated and inspired soldiers to exceed the standard. Uh, I created multiple outside-the-box training opportunities uh, for our battalion uh, and that contributed to achieving the battalion commander's guidance and prepared subordinate units for multiple OSS, OIR operations, coalition partner exercises. So uh, that's how I handled that major performance objective. And I kind of want to back up. So with this OER support form, if you put a lot of thought into it and you actually write a just outstanding support form, what's going to happen is that Raider is basically going to take that support form and pretty much copy and paste um, I mean, obviously, if, if what you put down is, is true, yes. they're going to copy and paste to your um, your actual OER. So you're, in a sense, writing your evaluation report. Most of mine have been the exact same thing. This, Not necessarily the format's changed, but the writer has put it into his own words exactly what I said. Yep. Yes, I agree. And, I, and as far as this bullet coming leads, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite. I think it's that intangible, you know, when you go above and beyond, when when you try to influence your uh, yourself to to other people, and you know, long hours, and, and that's just one example, but but this is one of the ones that you know your actions are definitely going to speak louder than words, and and you definitely want to make sure that that's annotated, you know, when it's time for you to do your support form. Yep. So the next bullet is ECHO, which is develops, uh, creates a positive environment, fosters the esprit de corps, uh, prepares uh, self, develop others, uh, stewards uh, the profession. So my major performance objective was counsel and mentor junior leaders and soldiers. So the way I did that was we had uh, overseas, we had multiple battalion ODP, officer development uh, program sessions. Um, and I, I conducted one uh, for the battalion, uh, was a part of, of every single one. Uh, and what I did mine on was uh, I took Jocko Willink's book, uh, Dichotomy of Leadership, and also kind of tied in his first book, Extreme Ownership, uh, into my, uh, into my OD, ODP session. Uh, and then throughout, um, uh, throughout the rating period, I also went back to, you know, I I empower people, I help people achieve their goals, whether it be, you know, PT, um, schools, um, um, awards to help kind of, you know, build that esprit de corps, you know. Uh, so those, those, are, those are some some of the ways that, that I, I met those performance objectives. Uh, and then, so, and again, I guess kind of going back, um, so also in order to, to develop, you know, I've, I've got to develop, you know, others I got to develop myself and um, y'all have heard me talk about a lot throughout some of these podcasts you know reading um, which you know 10 years ago if you told me that I was going to be a, just a huge reader I'd have laughed in your face but you have to read um, you have to read um, and, and, and learn um, so again uh, and, and for me like I'm on the road a lot so I listen to a lot of podcasts I listen to a lot of uh, uh, audible books um, so that's kind of how I, 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 I get through them. You got anything to add? No. Good? Yeah, you're good. All right. 
All right, so the last and final one uh, on your OER support form is uh, Foxtrot, which is achieves. So basically, uh, so in the, my bullet point was very simple, achieve mission success. So um, the way I kind of do it is I'll go back uh, to um, the first one uh, under major, major uh, performance objectives uh, and how I, you know, uh, list of my significant contributions and accomplishments uh, in that very first bullet, and I would tie it in to this one. Um, so I talked about how I did a lot, you know, all my, the number of missions I went on uh, in order to help uh, coalition forces, uh, how many fire missions um, we conducted, how many rounds we fired uh, as a battalion, um, and just every every single training exercise that I planned, coordinated, or, or was a part of um, throughout this throughout this period. Yeah, you definitely want quality bullet points, um, you know, when it comes to achieve, because now this is your, this is your last time to sell yourself. And uh, again, you know, look back at your contributions and, and then you just, you know, put a number, you know, the best you can, you know, put a number to it, uh, make it as qualitative as possible. And then you just sell yourself, uh, you know, again, me as the S4, how many millions of dollars of worth of equipment did I have in, in each country? How many millions of dollars of equipment did I bring back? Um, if I, you know, did I lose any equipment? Um, if not, you know, just, just give that dollar amount, give, give, you know, put numbers to it and, and make it as qualitative as possible. Yeah. I mean, the, the two, the two major major words that you've got to remember is qualitative and quantitative. Yep. That is going to build um, and, and, and make you more successful. Uh, well, make, make, make or break you on this, this OER support form. So just in that one, that was where I put a lot of my, how many rounds observed for my fire support officer one. What I did for uh, working with SDF while in Syria Transferring over to the battery side, how many pieces of equipment I turned in, how we received received uh, and achieved mission success on APS five turn in, TP turn in everything. That was a really big point bullet point for me on my last OER too. So yeah, so we we kind of went long winded. We probably could have broken this up into two podcasts because, um, like I said, we we've kind of we barely scratched the surface really and truly on on, on counseling and then OER evaluations, but. Uh, so there's there's a lot of different references out there, and you know, and I can list uh, a few of them right now. Again, uh, ATP six twenty two dot one, the counseling process. Uh, also, some good ones uh, related publications out there. ADRP six twenty two, which is Army leadership. Uh, AR six hundred eight military personal management. Uh, AR six hundred eight one nine uh, enlisted promotions and reductions, uh, and then AR six two three. Uh, dash three evaluation reporting systems. So uh, th there's uh, some few. There's so many more other references that that we can uh, that we can list out there. Uh, but I just want to thank uh, Captain Bailey and uh, Lieutenant Armstrong uh, for y'all's time, uh, your uh, your counsel, uh, friendship, everything. So it means a lot to me um, and. Uh, I hope uh, list, people listening to this podcast right now, you know, get, get a lot out of it. Uh, so, again, Brandon, thank you. Tim, thank you. Um, uh, so, and then some other things that, that I kind of want to plug on here uh, before we go. Um, 
for those that don't know, we have uh, on the 22nd of November, uh, we've got another company grade officer lunch uh, in Jackson. So I'll post, um, a lot of you received the email, but if you haven't, I'm going to post uh, the location, time, everything uh, onto the uh, company grade officer page. So again, uh, Captain Amanda Woods is spearheading that. She's doing an outstanding job uh, a as usual. Uh, so look forward to that. And then again, I'm going to be posting a bunch of other events. I've kind of been on hiatus here for the last month, so apologies on that. Um, you know, unfortunately, I will not be able to attend that event. I'll be at a, at a, at a course, uh, you know, developing myself, growing <laughs> as a leader. Um, but yeah, so again, hey, thank you everybody um, for for listening. Uh, you know, I ask that you, you know, give us some feedback on on this podcast uh, if you like it or if you didn't like it. You know, help us, uh, you know, help us, you know, be better. Uh, but again, uh, thank you guys for your time and. Uh, this has been Captain Ian Scribellis, Captain Tim Bailey, and Lieutenant Brandon Armstrong out.